When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. This is the rare emergency podcast, and joining me on my literally two minutes notice is Brian Peterson. Hey, Brian. Hey. Yeah, you called this on your day off. Yeah, I'm off work today. And Andrew DeSillis, oh my gosh, how are you? Hey, last minute notice only for you, Brian. (laughs) I'm well, I'm well. We were like, should we do a podcast? And you were like, can we do it at like three? And I was like, man, let's do it right now. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so we just. <laughs> um, so why, Brian, why are we here so urgently? Well, news just dropped that you texted me that Synth has acquired Lucid, two of the largest sample providers in marketing research that just broke. I don't know what, 10, 15 minutes ago. Yeah. 30 okay. minutes ago or something. Yeah. yeah. Really, really recently. So we're gonna just gonna do top of mind kind of thoughts and impact or research really quick. I'm glad Andrew can join. He'll have some opinions. Brian will have some opinions. Probably a quick one, but we wanted to get this out there really quick because it's if you work in sample, this is a big deal. Um, Andrew, we'll start off with you. Kind of initial thoughts on this. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like you said, these are two of the largest programmatic sampling platforms in our entire space, right? So to me, from almost like a competitive landscape perspective, this is the biggest acquisition since Research Now and SSI merged, right? We're kind of taking these two 80-pound gorillas in the room. Now there's a 1,000-pound gorilla, right? Um, It's just, it's huge from that perspective. Um, I'm really interested to see how they integrate. Um, You know, to... Some people you would think, okay, these are two DIY tools, right? Um, but I know that they're actually really complementary. I think this really makes sense. Um, you know, the Lucid Marketplace is tied into all proprietary panels built with API into their marketplace platform, right? Yeah. Um, Sint, while yes, does have significant traffic from a lot of uh, double opt-in panels, I know a large part of what they do is also monetizing lists um, for other companies, right? That's how they get to that crazy number of like 2,000 sources or you know, what, what, whatever they're saying these days. Um, so there's kind of like two different flows going into it now. Yeah, I know Lucid as well um, really pushes the like the use of their platform. And remember when Sint bought P2, um, I think a large part of that was because of P2's exemplary API implementation technology, yes. right? So building direct APIs. So now we've got a company that is tied to hundreds of double opt-in panels. They have thousands of lists to monetize. 
a great DIY product and they're going to integrate directly with people. I mean, th this is huge. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you said. I mean, this, this has been reported right now for about a billion dollars, about half of which is stock, sent stock to Lucid, um, which leads me to my next question. What's Patrick Comer going to do next? I'm sure that I'm sure he'll stick around. Well, who knows? He, I would assume he'll stick around for a little bit, but I mean, knowing Patrick, he's an entrepreneur at heart. Um, he might just um, go all in on Res Tech, and who knows what he'll do. He might take the the same route that built Pure Spectrum and others. But I'm sure he's got a million ideas in his head, um, as most entrepreneurs do. So that's the first question. And yeah, like you said, there's there are there's certainly some overlap um, on the panels that are contained in both platforms. Um, but you you kind of outlined it perfectly that Lucid. Lucid has some panels, but it also has like a lot of like online traffic that isn't necessarily panels. They've just connected with APIs to just a lot of traffic and try to monetize it, bring the surveys, right? And so it's hundreds and hundreds of different, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a panel, but it's people to take market research surveys. We can argue over the terms, but it's people taking market research surveys. They also have a pretty good quality program. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of tech. Um, they had a lot of funding over the past few years. So they invested a lot in tech and marketing, and then you have Scent. A lot, lot of security technology. Yeah, and then you have Scent, who you mentioned has a ton of small little panels. If you if you have a list of you know three hundred people that you want to kind of put them on a panel and and send them little surveys and stuff, you would a lot of one of the options is to do that on the Scent platform. You can choose whether or not to allow people like us access to it, or you can kind of not allow access to it. If you do allow access to other people like us, I think it's either free or pretty close to free to put a host on the platform. And so you have a lot of a lot of complementary assets, and this is going to shake out really weird because yeah, you we have in terms of the panel space. You now you have Dynata, which has acquired a bunch of assets in the past. I don't know, 10 years we can go back with the starting with the peanut labs and and moving into critical mix and SSI and research now and um, USAMP as part of that, the old um, that panel. And then now you have the Scent Lucid combination, which um, I guess Scent does have some proprietary panel, but they're kind of more of an aggregator. But yeah, this is going to send some shockwaves in the, in the industry for sure. Um, Brian, what did we miss? What are your thoughts? Well, I think we covered it from the sample side, um, but really, I do agree. You now have two 800-pound gorillas that are probably going to go at it at the top, and then you're going to have everybody else. The other piece is, yes, the, I think this is another play, how you mentioned the P2 sample. They probably bought it for the API components. You've kind of seen that. they have. That's kind of the core piece of technology they wanted. With this, are you going to see a lot of is you're just going to say, yep, we've doubled in size, or are we going to see a lot more, I don't want to call it house cleaning, but reorganizing of the new combined organization, which I will say, based on their announcement, says they are expected to close by the end of 2021. As That's we fast. This, That's fast. Yeah, as we record this, it is th four days to Halloween, which means they're going to close this in just over two months, which, will, if they do, is impressive. Oh yeah, that I think, given some of the regulatory environment, and not the U.S., but I think globally, 
there's going to there we're getting close to monopoly in some of these regions. I bet I don't know mm-hmm. the specifics countries. Andrew, you might know you deal with this more than me, but mm-hmm. there are certainly some countries. This is a giant market share between the two companies. Yeah, and that's another way that you know this is a complementary merger. Um, you know, Scent is really strong internationally, right? And I know, you know, Lucid is able to supply sample all over the world. They have all of those markets on their platform. But from a feasibility perspective, Scent is just, they're really good abroad, right? Um, But like you said, you know, they're operating all over the world. So and I don't know anything about international monopoly laws, if that's really going to be a thing that'll play in. Um, but it's certainly, you know, like I said, I think this is as big as, as research now in SSI, um, which kind of, you know, I, something I'd, I'd posit to both of you, what is with this trend of everybody merging, everybody being acquired? Um, I can't think of another industry that is so fraught with with this many mergers and acquisitions and is it a good thing or a bad thing yeah um good question i'll I'll, maybe i'll start and brian you fill in what i missed or disagree or whatever um i think a lot of this honestly looking back on it stemmed from patrick comer ironically patrick comer is really and I don't want to speak for him, and I hope I'm on base with this, and someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but he's really an entrepreneur. He's really into the investment world and the mergers and acquisitions and the private equity world, and he brought a lot of these people into SampleCon a few years ago and talked about – he really started – that was what started ResTech, mm-hmm. about leveraging insights for better data decision-making for brands in my opinion, that was one of the impetus to this is that he brought a lot of investors maybe into our industry that has very poorly marketed itself over the years. Right. We were marketing research and survey research. Now we're insights or res tech and we're very data driven. We're a tech industry now, better branded. And a lot of that came from Patrick Comer. So I think that a lot of this is PE funded. We've seen a lot of this stuff. Who was it we saw MPD acquired by yep. a PE firm I mean, mm-hmm. just last week? And that's a that's a big deal, too. That's a heritage market research brand um, that's going to go through some changes as well. And on top of this, and all the acquisitions that you know we could go through the list, I think a lot of it is the people are valuing connecting data to decision makers. And we're a piece of that, I think. I think. Brian, what do you think? Yeah. Well, Andrew, for your first point, the tech industry itself has as much, if not more, mergers and acquisitions going on on a daily basis. Um, I follow that tangentially, and you're talking 20 or 30 a day, just little ones being gobbled up. I know it's gobbled up by the big ones or small ones going together with small ones to become a little bit bigger, that kind of thing. I'm going to work it from like kind of big picture down. I think sample side wise, the industry was ripe for consolidation. You had two semi big players, but you are, it's so diverse with small to medium players that yet yeah, you knew Dynado, even when it was research now and SSI, 
you knew Research Now SSI, but there was a ton of other ones out there as they're going, getting together. It's all right. Now you're looking to get more of not a monopoly, but kind of a three or four big players. And then you're going to have a few other ones, but it's really going to be like the three bigger four. Think like, I, I just imagine like the airplane manufacturing industry. Like there are two, there's a lot of little ones, but if you say name me an airplane manufacturer, you're going to go Boeing or Airbus. And then it's those two and everybody else. The other piece behind it, Brian, you mentioned when Patrick brought in a bunch of the investment going in market research. Now it is data is probably more important than other resources at this point. So it's not market research isn't sitting by itself. It's the market research in terms of internal company data, in terms of purchase consumer data. It's how all of that data from end to end ties together. So you have larger, more complex firms kind of waiting in. And even the bigger firms want to be able to understand, those larger companies want to understand what's going on from that 365 degree view or 360 view of looking at, okay, this is what consumers are doing. This is what they're saying. This is what internally is happening. This is what industry triggers are saying. But they want to be able to look at that in one big picture where before it's, okay, well, here's my internal numbers with my accounting. Here's my Salesforce numbers. Here's my, here's what market research is saying. Here's what my CX, my consumer experience, my customer feedback stuff is saying. And they were all disparate. Now it's everyone wants it all together, which I think is why we're seeing more investment in there because it's just data. So did Andrew. I just no, you're great, Andrew. Well, first of all, live, th this is going to be awesome. A surprise. Um, surprise guest. Surprise guest live on the podcast. Uh, Mary Draper, who manages our partner, partner network, has joined in the middle of the podcast. This is a first. I'm so excited. Welcome, Mary. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, Andrew posed the question. Um, I don't remember the question um, about um, how this happened, what's going on with all the mergers and acquisitions. Andrew, I'm sure you have thoughts on this. Like, why is this happening from your, your perspective? Well, you know, like I kind of said in the beginning, I think it it, it is a very complementary merger, right? Um, so I think that just kind of makes sense. You know, as far as our industry as a whole, why I see that happening a lot. Um, you know, I think that especially with the supply and demand issues we've been having recently, um, if you can get some PE money, get in there, acquire someone else's asset, right? You know, there really is a benefit to having more traffic, more integrations, so on and so forth. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah. yeah, and my and my question, which maybe Mary can chime in on, is whether or not all of the mergers and acquisitions in our space are a good thing or not. Oh, great segue. I think <laughs> this is um, a great thing for our ecosystem. Actually, oh. for a while now, I feel like we've been talking about the supply and demand issue that we're facing in our industry. And I think one of the largest impacts 
to that issue that we're having is just because there's so much oversaturation in the marketplace with a lot of the API integrations that have happened and the respondents have so many touch points to surveys and clients have so many different ways of accessing the same person over and over that I think um, if, if we limit some of that that's happening programmatically that we may um, reduce some of that sample burnout that we're seeing. Um, I think that in some of the marketplaces where this is all happening with an algorithm behind the scenes, the, you know, if I, if I launch a study in several different marketplaces or several different APIs and I have five different project names, uh, these systems don't necessarily know that the same survey is going to the same person 50 times. Um, through the same different panel that might have five different names and all of the different platforms. So the duplication rate is skyrocketing, the earning per click is plummeting, and it's making a bad experience for panels. It's making a bad experience for respondents. So I think the more we can do as an industry to reduce that, the better health that we're gonna have for the overall health of you know research in general. So I, I think this could be a really good thing for smaller panels who are starting up I think this is, could be a good thing for the respondent experience. It could increase, um, you know, just the awareness of, of clients too about who, where they're getting their data from. Um, you know, sometimes you think that there may be a hundred different panels and maybe they're really only 10 or 12. <laughs> Man, Mary, you came in on fire with a hot take. I love it. Like for someone who likes to be like really prepared, which that's your personality. Absolutely. Uh, you came in freaking on fire. Like you don't need preparation, man. That was, man, that, that was Not good. Can advice. you believe I heard this news maybe 10 minutes ago and I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you're doing a podcast. I need to talk about this. Please let me in. <laughs> yeah. Mary texted me like while we were on the air and like, just come on, let's do this. Um, Andrew, what do you think about what Mary said? Do you agree? Um, I do. <laughs> Yeah, I do. You know, it, it is, it's an interesting take. Um, and, you know, as a sample sourcing consultancy, one of the biggest issues that we see is that duplication, is that supply and demand issue that we've been facing. Um, and it's particularly prevalent with marketplaces and programmatic sampling, where it's not only, you know, a panel bringing on their quote unquote trusted partners, but the nature of the source is to combine many, many different panels, right? And so um, by putting two of the biggest ones together and pooling that, um, and they both are, they both just have ec excellent, excellent technology, right? So the deduplication, fraud detection, all of those things tied in. Um, I, I think you're right. I just hope that this doesn't further commoditize sample. Um, right. That's the fear. That would be my, that would be one of my fears. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yes. So Brian, a question for you. What yeah. does this mean for buyers of sample? I think this is a, this is, might be, we're getting to a, like a tipping point of some sort. Are we, is the industry going to go all in on the programmatic commoditization of sample solution? Is that what's going to happen? Is it driving the price down and getting as many efficiencies as possible? Do do buyers of sample want really cheap sample? And are they confident that they can make the best business decision with it? 
that's that's what's happening here. The the investors seem to feel that that's what's happening with all these mergers and acquisitions. They're, I mean, Lucid's in the sense of both been acquiring other companies and growing and getting other funding for the past few years. But will buyers, <clears throat> and this is this is more of a general statement, not necessarily for Lucid or Scent. <clears throat> do they want high quality sample that is verified and like what Mary was talking about, a better respondent experience, less duplicates, um, more proprietary sample that you know where it's coming from and an insight into the people that are taking your survey. And so this might be something we've been kind of fighting against for years. And I hope that buyers kind of push scent in this new scent lucid um, world to not commoditize the sample, but to improve the quality and especially the validation and verification methods that we have and know where people come from and not commoditize sample. They have an opportunity here to do that. And maybe clients have to pay an extra 50 cents per complete or a dollar per complete. That's where I would like to see it to go. So, I don't know, Brian, Mary, I saw you nodding your head or do you kind of agree? Do you have another thought? I do. I think there's a space for that type or that priced sample in our, you know, in our world. I think that um, both of both of the platforms have some technologies that work better than others. Um, I, I also think that it's going to take some time. So, right, we saw that Scent acquired P2 when they did, and it took some time for that system to uh, merge together. We've seen a lot of mergers and acquisitions, and it doesn't happen overnight. So I, I do think it's going to take time. I, I hope that they really listen to their clients and they take the best of both worlds as they, you know, pull together some of their stronger assets and some of the better benefits that each of their platforms have to offer. Um, but again, me, me being in the seat that I have here at EMI and managing our network, I do think that there is a good opportunity. It is a healthier opportunity from for some of the smaller panels who have to have opportunities to have access to surveys more frequently to keep their respondents engaged so that um, you know they can continue to build their asset and then eventually you know become a more independent offering. Yeah. So Brian, Brian, yeah, go ahead. Um, when you said that, hey, is, are, is, are we going all in on programmatic sampling? I was about to ask you, is this the opening salvo to like almost a sample civil war of <laughs> programmatic versus kind of the the managed service, we'll call it, way of doing it? Like, are we going to go after, is it going to go all cheapest, all automated, all that? Is it now going to be that's how we're going after with you kind of it's kind of set the stage of a sync lucid whatever their side is it just going to be sync going forward whatever on one side with kind of maybe it's like Dynata who's dipped their toe in a little bit but more still does the other side kind of leading that other side and to go on when you said about like the quality of people pushing I think we're at we've got opposing forces on that. You have the industry trying to go more programmatic, drive down costs, which essentially, if you're talking just high level business, 
hey, I want to reduce my cost of goods sold and my internal operating costs as low as possible, which naturally leads you down the more programmatic piece. The more technology means less overhead, less people touching it, means less cost. But you also, the quality piece, which means you need to have more of the more people in it, I guess, driving the respondent experience, things like that. You see that at the conferences, everyone's talking like, oh, we need to improve respondent experience. Yet it's that's an opposing force to the programmatic sample of just getting a, getting a ton of cheap in there as quick as possible. So um, it's not really a question, they're more of a comment, but that first one was a question. I'll be quick. Um, I'll, be, I'll be quick and I'll let Mary, Andrew and Mary give their two cents. Um, I think the market will determine it, but this might be the thing that forces the industry to have really that conversation that you're talking about. Like, is this combination of loose and scent really good for the industry? Like, I think this, this is big enough that this will be a discussion, not just at SampleCon. This is a discussion that we'll have it on the main stage at, in the upcoming 2022 big conferences, and it needs to be. Well, is this going to be a topic at Quirks New York next week? Is this going to be talking about at the the drink station? I feel so sorry for any salesperson or other member who is going to Quirks because they were probably really looking forward to seeing people in person for the first time, you know, maybe doing some wheeling and dealing, meeting people, whining and dining. Guess what? The only thing you're going to talk about is this merger. That is you out of the fit. window, right? You say fit. I feel sorry for the lucid people. Yeah. Because they're the same <laughs> like, yeah, we got someone new. They're going to be like, oh, are you still going to be there in a the month? They're going to I think they are. Question. I, I yeah. think they are. I think the organizations are complementary enough. I don't think we're going to see big layoffs and big restructuring. I could be wrong, but that that's my gut reaction. Yeah, I agree. There'll be some complementary. There always are with operational things that'll work itself out but both sales teams are are outstanding and um sit while has a somewhat large u.s presence a lot of it is european based and so i do think they're kind of complementary in, in that as well i don't know mary what do you think kind of going back to what brian bp was saying um is this going to be kind of driving the go all in towards programmatic? There is no such thing as a go all in world in our space. I mean, we've got people who still have not yet gone all into online research. They're still doing telephone surveys. Um, there are people who are still doing in-person, you know, face-to-face research because they don't feel confident with doing focus groups online or doing online communities. So um, I think it's another tool in our tool belt. I think it's a portion of a sample plan. Um, there's still a lot more industry education that has to happen before there can be an, a goal all in. Um, but again, for me, the more um, reduction of duplication that can happen in our industry, the, the healthier the ecosystem. Is, and I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, let's do final thoughts. Who wants to start? Andrew, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm excited to see what happens here. Um, again, like I said, this this is huge. Um, I think that overall, this will be good for our industry. I'm glad there will finally be someone as big as Dynata, right? That's, that's good from a competitive landscape um, perspective. 
I think that Sint and Lucid are both great companies. I think this will only be a better tool in our tool belt. Um, I will be really interested to see what shows up in our research on research once the integration is complete. Um, and I think that's when I'll probably have a stronger opinion on it. But just from like a business perspective, I think this is really cool. I did not see it coming. I did not see a 10-figure acquisition coming down the pipeline. Um, yeah. Congrats, Patrick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, th- this is, you know, really cool. And I'm definitely looking forward to keeping an eye on it. Brian, final thoughts. Yeah, first off, congratulations, Patrick, on <laughs> island. Um, I think what we're looking at, we really, it's going to be, you're going to have those two big names now stepping up their game. So, Andrew, I'm sorry to say, this might impact you too. They're going to be stepping up their game all the way around because now it's not just Dynate up at the top and everybody else below them. They almost have an equal amount. And now they're going to have to kind of tidy up some of the back end things, whether it's their customer service or their sales techniques or what they're doing on their marketing end or how they approach different conferences and things like that, where it's not just kind of, yep, we'll sponsor everything. We're going to be there. It might, they're going to have, you're going to see all of that get sharpened up. So, right. Iron, iron sharpens iron. Yep. <laughs> Mary Rose Draper, final thoughts. I'm going to show you my t-shirt, by the way. I I love your t-shirt. I was admiring that. Um, Fortunately for Andrew um, and for EMI, we know um, all of these companies like the back of our hand because we are consultants. So um, I I think it's interesting. I think that this can either be a touchdown. I hope that they don't bumble this. Um, I'm curious to see what what the next step is, what the answer is. These kinds of um, actions, you know, spur other types of actions in the industry. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what other kind of news comes from this. If, if something this big is happening, like the scent lucid thing, something else is going to happen soon. So I'm curious, what's what's next? Um, awesome. I will say. I agree with everybody. This is kind of going to be cool to see how this rides out. I would say to our friends at Scent and Lucid, which we know there's a lot of listeners, that um, ride this out. Don't everybody freak out. If you work in marketing research, you've likely been through an acquisition of some sort. Um, I have multiple times. Lots of people have. And this job market in marketing research is strong. Um, So... Everyone will have a job. It may not be in your current role. You'll have, probably have opportunities elsewhere. And so keep that in mind. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is the new brand name should be Lucent. Um, coined that. I nailed it. I, Mary, I thought you'd beat me to it. Um, trademark it. Brian Peterson Lucent is the new brand name. <laughs> that is terrific. And I was actually going to jump in and say, anybody want to take bets on whether or not there's a new name? Lucent. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Lucent. Yeah. So, hey, thanks y'all for joining. I know y'all are really busy. This is the busiest time of year, and we just did it. We literally put set this up in like five minutes. So, um, thanks everybody. Hope you listeners, you enjoyed it. We'd love your feedback. What are your thoughts on this? Let us know. Um, email Andrew, Mary, Brian, or myself, or go on social, and we'll, I'm sure we'll promote this episode hopefully in the next 24 hours. So that you'll probably hear this by Thursday. So, thanks everybody. Have a great day. Because I'm fine. Hey!
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.